and the greatest. I refuse to call them old wrinkly balls when I get older. That's just low-hanging fruit. Hi, welcome to Judd and Your Buds, the only podcast that is loud in the NBA bubble. My name is Judd. I'm sitting here with a fellow comedian of mine on, a, on probably the hottest day of the year so far. Yeah. We are under a nice shade tree. Uh, he's he's wearing a nice white t-shirt with some joggers on, some black joggers, and some Air Force Ones, I believe. Yeah. Give it up for my friend, the comedian, Ton Johnson. Ton, how are we doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, Ton is a comedian here in Milwaukee. I guess we'll, we'll kind of give the resume of who doesn't know you. Ton, how, how long have you been doing comedy? I just turned six. Just turned six. What was the biggest show or, or like... The turning point where you're like, hey, I could do this for, for a long time. It happened a long time ago, actually. I, uh, I won the uh, Comedy Cafe Championship back in 2014. And that was the first time I was just like, I think I can do this. But that was uh, that was the old club back when it used to be off Brady Street. The one off East Brady. Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, was it? I don't know if that was the first iteration of it, but that's the first one I, I remember. But um, won that championship and... Uh, you know, there was a good amount of people there that night, but uh, and I would eventually do bigger shows, but that was the first time I was like, man, I might actually be funny. <laughs> now, the, the Comedy Cafe was there in East Bray, and then it moved to off of Old World 3rd. Yeah. I didn't like that location as much as I did at East Brady. Yeah. Because East Brady, you could have the audience in front of you. And they had a parking lot. True. But, like, for me, the audience at, at Old World 3rd, you had some to the right, you had to about two or three rows in front of you and then some to the left of you so you had to kind of like turn and the more you tell your jokes obviously one side of the audience might laugh more and that's who you just gravitate to then the whole night you yeah. know it's the tough part about that room too was there directly uh on the other wall where there was a mirror remember the mirror mm-hmm. there's a mirror facing the stage and it was really hard to not realize how stupid you look during some of your act outs when there's a mirror right in front of your face that used to be uh that used to be a nightclub that, really? that space called uh, Note. Okay. Um, it was a restaurant during the day, and it was a nightclub at night. Um, and uh, and uh, I partied a lot there back in, like, 2012 or so. It used to be, like, uh, I went to Whitewater. It used to be a really popular spot, Whitewater folks. Okay. Um, so that was, like, our that was like our, our bar. And um, for everyone who was back in Milwaukee or graduated or whatever. And uh, it, it was always the same layout. So, you know, imagine... You know, it's it's tight. It's a hallway. You're doing comedy in it now. Imagine a nightclub. It's full of people. People are dancing. People are doing the drunk fist pump. Yeah. You know, you're bumping into people. A lot of fights. Broke it was out. very. <laughs> it was very skinny. If anything. Yeah. It was really narrow, and it was just like I remember the first time I heard Comedy Cafe was moving there. And two, I mean, foot traffic, having no parking is okay for a nightclub. People will park all up and down there, but for a comedy club. Yeah. I I mean, it was a good area. But also like the Turners right there, you know, you have you have other venues yeah. that that you could go see comedy at and things. Do you remember how bad it was when you were trying to go? Lord help you if you were wanted to go, maybe do a guest spot or if you were performing at the comedy cafe on the same night as a Bucks game. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, the UC, the Underground Collaborative, uh, rest in peace. Uh, that just closed yeah, they're down. Gone. But one night. We had the roast battle there, Drew's roast battle, and I was on it, and there was so many, like, no one could find parking, and I was like, damn, there must be a lot of people coming to this roast battle or something, like, what's going on? Well, the the Riverside's right there, and it had, like, some My Favorite Murder podcast, and it, it literally, you could not find parking, 
within miles of it. It was nuts. It was like that a lot. Um, every time I, I performed or came to visit the UC, I paid to park. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot. It was a lot like down the street from it. Yeah. Um, and and usually if I if there was something going on, I didn't show up. It's because I didn't feel like paying for parking because I could never find any. <laughs> Uh, but that was a great space. That was fun. I loved. I loved yeah. that you see the basement there. That was probably. I think that was one of the only few things left in the Grand Avenue Mall. That and the TJ Maxx, I think. TJ Maxx <laughs> and and uh, did they still have a food court? I think it was just a vendor. Like they would have. They would sell fruit there. Yeah, they had a guy with fruit. <laughs> yeah. I wish I would buy fruit at the mall. <laughs> What what makes you go like yeah you know I'm in TJ Maxx I'm gonna pick up some ties a couple collar shirts and then on my way out I grabbed uh, you know some bananas like what <laughs> like why was there a fruit vendor in the how did he get permit he probably yeah. didn't have permission no he's probably he, just there just a random fruit vendor in the middle of the mall and then one one entrance like opened up to like the unsafe alley. And then the other entrance was like Wisconsin Avenue. But yeah. I don't know how the Grand is still open. They're probably just going to turn it to a prison or yeah. something. Yeah, are they even open? A prison with a TJ Maxx. I don't know. <laughs> I bet so. I bet. I mean, well, we're in COVID times. Yeah. So how's comedy doing in COVID times? Uh, You know, comedy has moved to the internet. I mean, it was already on the internet, but, uh, you know, before you had, uh, you know, the, the social media and online comedians. Um, and you had the stand-up comedians, and now the stand-up comedians are. It, it's been it's been interesting to try to watch, uh, you know, comics and how they're adjusting. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are doing good. I mean, you know, you you have a podcast. People are putting content out that way. Um, some people are trying to get into the videos. I've been trying a little bit um, here and there. I, I post a video, and uh, uh, there's a lot of comics who just don't know what to do. I mean, Zoom shows exist. Have you done one? I've done several since. Uh, I don't know. First, I, I got stuck in the house back in March. Yeah. And uh, I've done several since then. It's not the same, man. You know, it's hard for me to get into, to, uh, you know, I feel like there's a different mode. You've been doing comedy for a while, too. Yeah. There's a different mode you get into when you get on stage. Uh, you know, you turn into an exaggerated version of yourself. And it's hard to do that in your house. Yes. And also another thing, like, everyone's muted. Yeah. So, uh, so you don't hear the laughter. You don't have to feed off of that to know if your timing's still on, if you can go on the next joke, or you should let that one breathe because they're still laughing. It's just it's a it's a different ball game, and also it makes you feel very self conscious about all your jokes. Yeah, my first Zoom show, I was sweating buckets. I know it didn't look good on camera because I was squinting at the camera <laughs> every uh, every every four minutes or so because somebody at the scene if somebody wrote LOL or something. Yeah. In a little chat. Um, Thankfully, I, I got a couple of those, but then you don't believe those because how many times have you typed LOL online and, and you didn't laugh? <laughs> and pretty much every time I type LOL, I never laugh. Yeah, I've never actually laughed. I've, or even the haha react on Facebook. I've haha so much stuff that didn't even make me grin. No, never. I sometimes do it just to break the tension. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, Zoom comedy shows are kind of hard. I think, you know, when you post videos, that that's a little bit easier to trust, I think. Um, or if you go live, go yeah. like Facebook Live, because you get the reactions in real time, yeah. and uh, that 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 I believe I, I've been meaning. I think I want to do a a longer set on Facebook Live. I think that would be good. Um, they, we had online open mics on Facebook Live when when this first all started. I haven't seen as many. I think people have migrated to Zoom primarily, but 
Um, I, I remember there was one that I did. It was a guy, from, the guy down in Memphis. He had an online open mic, and uh, now that's something that actually was pretty cool. That you know, if it wasn't for COVID, you never would have had something like that. Think of an open mic list that has a guy from Memphis, a guy from Wisconsin, a guy from Jersey, a guy from Texas, a guy from uh, Kentucky, a guy from Florida. That'd be amazing, you know. Yeah, like all all on the same, you know, and and that's possible with that. But at the same time, we're all just kind of looking like, you know. We're not taking it seriously. I mean, we're all like, you know, guys are playing video games. One guy was obviously watching TV while he was telling his jokes. Yeah. One guy was in the bathroom. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was in bed. I was. That was pretty disrespectful. Yeah. There's. There. I mean, the thing is, is, you're at you're at your house, and how many places can you go to make it look like you're yeah. prepared to tell jokes? Yeah, you can't. It's like some people. You know, some people are tech savvy. Can put the background up. Yeah, but like other than that, it's like you're still in your kitchen telling jokes yeah, at a table. The yeah, you know? ACs in the background, or you know, <laughs> yeah, my Xbox turned on during one set. Like it's just not. You do, you do. Tan does have this new joke about uh, dating over Zoom. Yeah. Have Have you done that? Uh, no, I haven't done that one yet. I, I actually, um, I told that joke what last Friday. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled that out of my behind right then and there. Um, I didn't. I didn't write that. I write from the stage. Mm-hmm. I have like a couple things that I thought of, you know, maybe a while ago, or uh, you know, put some thought into at some point. But other than that, I, I riff a lot when I'm trying to come up with new material. Yeah, that's like my process. I just I go to open mics and I riff. Sometimes it's cool. Other times it's really not. How much do you write at an actual show? show. Like write write for an actual show. Say say a bigger show, not an open mic. We're doing we're doing fifteen. Yeah. At a at a show with a hundred people. Um. Well, if I'm I'm doing a show, if I'm doing a show with a hundred people and it's 15, 20 plus minutes, I'm probably just gonna lean on my material that I know works. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really write for shows anymore. Uh, I I used to when I first started doing comedy, I, I tried to write for every single time I touched the microphone. Which when you first first start, you should probably be doing. Yeah. Um, you should, uh, but uh, at, at the same time too, you know, you shouldn't feel. Even though other comics can give you a hard time about saying the same jokes, you shouldn't feel the need to write a new five minutes every time you go up for an open mic because the tenth time you tell the joke is going to be better than the first. You yeah. need to work on it. There's a couple comics I've seen come and go here that told the same jokes for years on end, and yeah, people got sick of hearing them. You know, they went out. That was smoke break time. But at the same time. Some of those same jokes are on Conan now. When you when you start up comedy, you're not going to have that much material, so obviously you want to keep writing, keep writing. But once you get some good bits, then then sharpen those bits, make them make them better, and that, and that's what those open mics are for. So um, there's there's a lot of people in the scene that that still are sharpening bits that I've seen for years. Yeah, absolutely. But you'll get that, um, and, and every now and again too, you know, it's like. Uh, if there's like a even at open mic, if there's a decent enough non-comic crowd, I'll I'll like tell like some of my actual. That that's the thing about you know when you, when you have a, an actual audience at a, at a mic. Yes, you want to try new material, but at the same time, you don't want to walk the only people that aren't comedian. True. Telling jokes for comics. On the one hand, yes, if you make a room full of comics laugh, what you said is probably actually funny. Yeah. But at the same time, and you know this, comics laugh at weird things for weird reasons. 
Yeah, and especially if they've heard something before. Yeah. Like uh, Hoffman when he when he throws in some random word at the end of his like stroke jokes that I've never heard before, like him calling himself baby or something. Yeah. I'm like that's that's funny because it's Hoffman saying that, you know, yeah, it's not, like we know him really well. Yeah, he yeah. that's not who he is, you know. You know, like uh, with the inside jokes. Yes. Like we we've all I think didn't you have an inside joke about Avery once? Yes, yeah. you did. I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was you. It was like we have a mutual. Well, we all have a, a guy I know. Um, we're gonna call him Ravery Apier. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. Or like Drew has inside jokes, or I have inside jokes. Like, yeah, it made the room laugh, but we all know these people. That's. I can't tell that joke anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. So we're just wasting five minutes for everyone in the room, which is fun though. It's yeah. still fun. You gotta have fun. I mean, you know, open mic shouldn't be a, a serious affair. It's totally fine to have fun. Um, I mean, work on your stuff every now and again. Depending on how, how many mics that you're doing a week. How many? How many do you do a week? Went before pre-COVID. Oh, before obviously. the apocalypse. Um, not that many. I, I stopped coming out to as many. And you still hit the Bremens and the. Yeah. There are a few mics that, that I wanted to come to, but I travel a lot for work, one, so I wasn't around as much as I'd like to be. Yeah. And two, man, I'm, I'm getting older, man. I get tired. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, you've done a lot. You've you've opened for uh, Charlie Barron's. Yeah. How was that? It was great. He's a he's a heck of a guy. He's really cool. Now, did he reach out to you? How did, how did that happen? Actually, I got to give a shout out to Dana Ehrman. Mm. Um, Dana, Dana actually brokered that for me. Um, Charlie reached out to me, but I had no idea how he heard of me. Yeah. But uh, Dana had re- opened up for Charlie a while back, I guess, and uh, he uh, he hit me up, and I wasn't able to do it the first time that he hit me, uh, but more recently I was. So I think that was last winter actually, and he hit me up, and it was a great show. We were at the Ringling Brothers Theater out in Baraboo. Okay. Sold out. I, I don't know the final, the final accounting, but I think it was at least six hundred people. Jeez. And that's to date. That's that's definitely the biggest crowd I've ever had. But it, it felt different, man. I mean, uh, when you have just all these people, it's a theater. It's pitch dark. They actually had an actual spotlight on me. Like, yeah. I was like, this is, like, to, to your question before, if it wasn't, if I had started more recently, that definitely would have been like, ooh, I can do this. That would have been the yeah. moment. Um, and I came out and I did about 20 minutes, went over really well. I, I was nervous and I'm not, you. I was, it's completely different. Do you do a theater? It's completely different protocol than, you know, your typical show. So as soon as I'm done, I put the mic back in the stand and I'm walking off stage. I'm not expecting the host to come out and, you know, shake my hand and, you know, like, you know, raise my hand like Tom Johnson. Yeah. I was on my way out. So on the footage, he's actually dragging me back out on stage <laughs> uh, by my arm. I, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm very easy to move. I'm pretty light. I'm sure people thought it was, you know, just to be funny. I really had no idea what was going on. <laughs> um, but Charlie is, is very funny, very cool guy, heck of a guy. He um, really, I'm really impressed with how, you know, he took that Manitowoc Minute thing. Yeah. And it blew up. You know, it took him from Manitowoc <laughs> to, to L.A. The thing about Charlie is I think he's very good at editing his videos to make him funny. Yeah. You know? Because... Granted, you have a character, can be very funny, but you still have to edit those videos to make it still funny and relatable. Yeah. He had the whole theater singing. Like, that that character that he has, because the way he did it was really impressive. He gave them, like, 
I think he did about an hour, close to it. And he gave him like 25, 30 minutes of the Manitum Walk Minute guy. Yeah. And then like, okay, like next 30 minutes, hey, I'm the one that Charlie wants to talk to y'all. Um, and both were very funny. But I remember during the, the first few, the first set segment with the character, he has the crowd singing um, the word oofta. <laughs> like the whole, it's 600 something people. Maybe it was even 800. I have no idea how many people, but it was a lot. And they're all they're all harmonizing the word oofta, which I have never heard before this show, but apparently <laughs> is a really big thing in northern yes. Wisconsin. Yes, it is. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I was like oof. I've never heard. No one's ever oofted me, but there's just, the whole he has the whole crowd going oofta, oofta, and I'm like the harmony of this is a song, and I don't know what song this is. I don't know how he's. What is happening right now? I'm in the back. I'm in the back, laughing hysterically. Some of his people were by, back there with me, looking like, "All right, it ain't that funny." Because <laughs> I'm just like, "What is going on right now?" That's the the thing about him is he can he can, he caught a niche of a uh, of a character that everyone knows. Yeah, you know, everyone in Wisconsin knows someone like that or has an uncle that's like that. And, and Even if you're from the inner city or something, like you went to school with, if you went to college, you went to college with, or you worked with, you met that guy. Know who that is. Yeah. And he's he's definitely brought it, I mean, yeah, brought it to Hollywood. And he also has a journalist background, so he does, mm. you know, he he he's he does well for himself. Yeah, no, he's 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 really cool. I mean, just that whole night, um, I remember I, I got there, and uh, I'm driving to Baraboo. I'm expecting a bar show, to be totally yeah, honest with Baraboo. you. Yeah, Baraboo. I mean, I, I, I knew of Charlie. Um, I, I knew he had a pretty substantial following on social media. But I was thinking, like, it was, like, you know, local substantial. I didn't know he was, like, no, like, Manitowoc Minute, everywhere. So I get there, and I'm expecting, like I said, something smaller. And I just have the G. I have the address. I, I don't even know it's a theater. So I pull up, and I'm like, this ain't it. Then I see Charlie Barron's on the thing. I'm like, shit. Okay, they must have me in like a smaller room before the show starts. <laughs> so and I'm and I'm late too. Baraboo is like a, a two yeah, it's, and a half hour drive. It's a far drive. Yeah, it's 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 like driving to Warsaw. Like it's not that close. I drive out there and uh, I pull up right before the show starts and I'm like going through the crowd and I'm trying to get through and one of the uh, staff sees me. I'm like, Hey, are you Ton Johnson? And I'm like, Yes. So then he does the worst thing he could have done. He goes, hold on, excuse me, everybody let us through, VIP here, one of the performers. And now everyone's <laughs> looking at me, and I'm like, I wish you hadn't have done that because if this doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go, I don't want anyone to know what I look like. <laughs> um, you know, I just want to, I just want to, now don't get me wrong, I, I was in Baraboo, so the giant black dude escaping would have been very visible. <laughs> but, like, I was like, no, what are you doing? No, he takes me down pat backstage and there's a room and it has anton ton johnson i got a dressing room man. you got a dress shit i got a dressing Big time room. it's in the basement but i got a, i've never had a dressing room before um and you know they got uh they, they got beer and, and some snacks and stuff ended up just hanging out in charlie's room yeah. um and uh lying that i wasn't nervous um yeah, and uh, it, it was it was a fantastic show. Any 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 place for the green room is is pretty good for yeah, me. Like what? You just Are you, you just feel like royalty. The um who else does comedy on State Madison does a really good job of that too. Have you ever been in the green room? Actually, yes, I have. Yeah, yes, I have. Um, my show at Editine. We did, we have a they they hook us up with a huge green room, mm. and they and they 
give us all this sweet stuff, and then the like, and then the poster that we do, we have to, we have to sign it afterwards. Like mm-hmm. all the all the performers sign it afterwards, and they post they put it in their green room. So we're up there like next to actual bands, just us telling our shitty jokes. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it, when you know the venue has a, a nice setup, man. It, it really. It's a good feeling. I mean, you know, you feel like you're doing something, like, you know, you're, you're doing something purposeful. The show's going to be, you know, something to write home about um, yeah. when the venue takes time. Um, the Milwaukee comedy folks are really good about that, too. You know, I've done the Laugh and Tap, their backstage area. I mean, it's it's just the back of the, the club for now, of course. But, you know, like, you know, Matt and Greg and Caitlin and all them, like, they it's plenty snacks, yeah. plenty to drink, like, you know. They, they've they been around enough They know the club They know the club scene For sure Yeah no Like when, when You know It's nice to perform For people that know how to Know how to treat people Yeah not, not to say that If you know Your show doesn't have A green room You're not doing good Because obviously Every venue can't do that Yeah But when uh, You know That little extra effort Does make you Want to go like Man I really need To knock it out of the park For these folks Like you know They're being so nice to me <laughs> Yeah it, it makes you want To bring it in again yeah. You know But uh Are you off work right now Yep Till how long? Do you do you know? I go back and all. Shit, you got some. You got some time yet? You got another month. Man, I've been furloughed since April. You been what have you been doing? I started working out with uh with, with fellow comedian uh, slash Milwaukee Mayhem podcast host yeah. Avery Rapier. Um, hit him up for affordable dynamic training. No, seriously, he's great. He's great. I, and you never realize how like you see guys and you can look at them and tell they're in shape. Yeah. But you never realize how in shape they are until they're guiding you through exercises. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at Avery like, so let me get this right. You do this for fun? <laughs> Have you ever seen Avery on, like, just pulling himself up? Yeah. It's like a feather. He just goes, okay, here's one, and then and then he, like, holds himself there and then, like, brings his legs up. And I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. Just come back down, man. This- no, no, it's crazy, man. Um, he's, uh, he's, in, he's in fantastic shape. I would never fight that guy. Um the MMA background aside, even if he didn't know what he was no. doing, I would never fight. Dude. Why would you? I've told Avery three times. If ever you and I get into it, like if Avery Rapier, if you're listening, if you were ever truly upset with me, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You're getting shot. <laughs> we're not fighting. But he's been he's been fantastic. He's uh he, he's really helped me get in much better shape than I was in. Which for, for the listeners, Tan is not in bad shape. You're six four, probably a buck seventy. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. So, you should do that at Carnival. <laughs> he's 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 not in bad shape, but uh, yeah, Avery does whip you into into a different kind of shape. Well, I'm Avery. one of those people, man. You know, there's there's people that are proof that being thin, you know, doesn't mean that you're in good shape. Um, and I had health scares, dude. I, um, a couple years ago, I found out my cholesterol was like sky high. Um, I had to change my diet. Like, uh, when my doctor looked at me, and she wasn't being funny, she was like. Yeah, you're like one burger away from a heart attack. And I was like, wow. what? But then how a- she didn't realize how accurate that was because I was eating burgers all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, I was one of those people where it's like, I don't gain weight. I can eat whatever I want whenever I want. So, like, I remember at my absolute worst, especially traveling a lot, too, for work, you eat bad on the road. Yeah. Man, it was to the point where I was eating, like, I was eating fast food five nights a week. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it'll kill you no matter yeah. how, how young you are. Just how you feel. You wake up in the morning, you just feel like a slug. You feel like tired. No, yeah, definitely don't wake up feeling like I got punched in the face anymore. <laughs> um, that's good. And I, I don't drink as much either. Um, something that I've talked with a lot of other comics about. Comedy's bad for you, man. 
Well, it's the late nights. You're you're in a room that sells alcohol, and they pay you in free drinks. Yeah, I you, mean, you it's... don't sleep. You drink more than you probably would. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, you eat bad. Like, how many times have we? Uh, even though I love them, and I hope they, they you know, they because they just closed because of coronavirus. But how many times have we done like Var Gallery? And been like, hey, we're all going to Stenny's. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like, you might not even be hungry, but now you're eating 15 chicken wings. True. Like, or a Vanguard yeah. hot dog. Now or... you're going to Vanguard, like, you don't have anything to do the next day. Because, you know, Vanguard, yeah. Um, yeah. They'll, they'll put you on the, on the throne. Um, good food, though. And, uh, <laughs> or you, you were around for the Franks, back in the Franks yep. days. How, how many Tuesdays did we just sit in front of Franks? Until 11, 12 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, go to Classic Slice, uh, you know, get get a couple slices of pizza. Again, very good food, but, like, I just ate this big slice of pizza yeah. at almost midnight. And after you've been drinking and those calories add up, it's not a, a, a perfect lifestyle. That's why uh, I've been doing this thing. If I'm at a, if I'm at a mic, I don't drink, and I drink water, and I try to get out there, say goodbye to everybody, it, after the last comedian, boom, I'm done. I need I need to get out there. I mean, I, smart. But it's also, I'm not new to the game, so it's not like I I don't I I'm not trying to like make a friends or try to like get to know everybody or yeah. anything. How so. many years you're older than me? True. There's true. Not, there's not a lot of comedians in Milwaukee that are older than me actually. In comedy years, um, I think it's just you, Gary, Chris, and Chastity, and a handful of others. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a while, but also, I feel like. Everyone now is very veteran. Like everyone at last Friday, like you have your AJ, you had, you have David, you have Gary, Chris. You know all those people have been around forever. I, I don't see many new new faces like we used to. Uh, we got some new guys, um, and uh, they'll get to the point where where I'll comfortably give them a shout out, but. <laughs> Um, I would have edited it out. Yeah, we, we got a crop of new guys. They're, they're making noise. They're just not. Not the noise we need it's, right it's, now. It's not time for me to say their names yet, but I like them. Um, <laughs> but they'll, they'll be there. I mean, man, you know, we all sucked um, at one point. I was horrendous when I first started. Oh, yeah. Could you um, imagine that going back and seeing a, a Tyne Johnson first set? I have the footage. Really? My friend tortures me with this footage all the time. He has it. It, it survived three phones. I don't know how. <laughs> three Motorola razors for no, some reason. It was uh, it ain't that old. Uh, <laughs> I started in 2014. It was, the iPhones were out. But um, no, man. Uh, I was at C Notes Lounge off Hampton because I, I really started doing comedy on the north side of Milwaukee. And um, at this place called C Notes off Hampton, they used to have this uh, this open mic. And uh, you know, shout out to them. I, I don't know if they still have that, but. Uh, they used to give a lot a lot of comics who were in the inner city a chance to actually get up uh, because, you know, there, there's a lot of comics on the north side that don't even know there's comedy clubs. Um, like, had no idea the com- where the comedy cafe was when it was open. Uh, maybe knew about Jokers, but it was hard to get on stage at Jokers if you were local. Not to say they were doing anything wrong, but a lot of local comics didn't get a chance to get up at Jokers before they closed. Um, so this guy had an open mic at his bar. And I just remember I was like... Uh, like, I, I was saying stuff that I thought was funny, but it had no punchline. Like, I'll be like, yeah, y'all, I got more bills than money. More bills than money. And I would keep repeating it like it was funny. Um, I think it was like, you know, y'all know I'm broke. I'm broke, broke. My cable just got cut off. 
I can't watch no cable. And then I proceeded to go through like every regular channel. <laughs> like I was just like, you know, I'm watching channel four, six, ten, twelve. And this would just go on. This is like a six minute bit. And it's not funny. <laughs> Were you getting laughs? No. no. <laughs> Listen, on the tape that my friend has of this first set. Yeah. The closest thing I get to the laugh is I'll never forget this old black dude uh, in the front row with a church hat on. And uh, the closest thing I got to a laugh was him going, This kid's crazy. <laughs> and you and he didn't say it loud. It's that quiet. Yeah. You could just hear him off to the side. He just you you could see him. He sips a drink and just goes, This kid is crazy. And uh, the host gets up and is like, All right, y'all give it up for my little brother. This was his make a wish wish. We made that happen. Oh. Don't worry, he won't be back. <laughs> uh, and you have footage of this yeah i got the footage oh man burn I, I'll it never, just uh, burn it yeah no well i don't have the footage it's just it's it's in the ether i have um one of my friends uh who i've been very nice to ever since because you know that, that i'm sure if i ever make it that's coming out like yeah. man this boy because you know there's terrible footage of kevin hart from when he first started in philly there's awful footage i've seen awful footage of dane cook's first couple sets like or is last few steps yeah yeah <laughs> but your friends uh you, you know everybody has that friend i have i have those friends that tell me all the time that i'm not funny and that, i said it's great i mean you still they still pay money to come to my shows so i'm happy yeah. with it you know what gets me is the people who go um when you especially when you first start are you doing comedy man i'll come see you i'll tell you if you're funny yeah no you won't because here's the thing like uh, an audience is a numbers game right like, take Comedy on State in Madison, for an mm-hmm. example. You get, like, on a hot night in a club, they usually... A bad night there is, like, 125 people. Yeah. So, a hot night, 200-something, right? The sound... So, let's say it's 200-something people in the room, and only 50 think your last joke was funny. The sound of 50 people laughing is loud as hell. Yeah. It's loud. It sounds great. Technically, numerically, you're not funny. But it sounds fantastic. Yeah. And so you're like, you even your one friend's like, I'll tell you if you're funny. I'm like, even if you hate everything I'm about to say, if enough other people, like, you'll get outvoted. Even if two other people think I'm funny and you don't. Mm, two to one. Yeah, it's going to be way better. And especially your friends that come out already have a rapport with you. So they already think... A certain way about you and know yeah. everything. So like you, when you go into almost the character that you play on stage, you know, not saying that everyone has a character they play on stage, but most people, it's a characterization of yeah. yourself. You're not you. You're not you. You're not the person that they 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 play catch with or 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 have this rapport with for all those years. No, so it's so it's not. so it's definitely way different than than what they're thinking of as is funny or not. Yeah. Has your mom seen you yet? Yes, my mom saw me probably four, three or four times. Okay, yeah, my mom's seen me a few times too. I I had to explain it. <laughs> like, all right, mom, you know, I'm the man that you raised, but the person on stage is not the man that you raised. Yeah. I'm I'm my reaction to my experiences, not not me. So you know, Anton Johnson and Tom Johnson are two different people. Uh, spoiler alert: My name is Anton. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was like, they're two different people. And she's like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. So she sees me, and I get off stage, and I'm like, what you think? And I just remember my mom just looking at me like, you got a foul mouth. 
Like, I just saw my like my mom looking at me like, this is how you act when you're not in the house? Ugh. Is she a fan, though? Is she a fan? Oh, yeah. No, my mom supports me. Yeah. Um, she, uh, my mom, at, at probably, I mean, she geek, geeks my head up, actually. She's, uh, she's probably one of the, there's several people in my life, but she's probably one of the first ones to really be like, hey, you're getting older. You need to decide. Are you going to stay in Milwaukee, work a nice job, and do comedy on the side, or are you going to move somewhere and really try? But that's cool. Now that uh, the state of California is a disease vector, yeah, and the state of New York is a disease vector, it's not uh, looking good. L.A. or New York is probably not in the cards for me. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll look at Chicago down the line. My mom's my mom's a fan. Whether she gets what other people are trying to do comedy wise, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, especially when when I am on a show with other people that are maybe a little bit harsher uh, than than I am. She she just doesn't get that who they are trying what they're trying to do or what you know how how a joke is being formulated and yeah. things like that no it's definitely a thing man um one of the toughest things is like i actually don't like inviting my, my close friends to my shows um I, I don't enjoy it i actually prefer to perform for strangers um because one thing um a y- your close friends know everything about you like i don't tell stories about my friends directly but sometimes my material will be inspired by things they've done yeah and uh you know if you you're you're doing that and your friends are in the back like man that's about kevin you remember that time kevin did and it's like no no it's not i didn't say the name kevin i said tim so you know everything every every tag triggers a conversation at the table um or what's really worse too you know if for friends of comedians be nice to other comics like understand even if you know i'm not saying laugh if you don't think something's funny but don't sit in the front row on your phone and stuff like that like even if you if you come to you know your friend's comedy show to watch them even if you don't like the other comics understand that the other comics are probably you you know your persons they're they're probably friends with them and they know so we know who came with who so we're so in the back we're like hey you know uh, so and so's friends are sitting to the left. They're they're laughing a lot, or so and so's friends are only there for him. They're not laughing at anyone else, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I had to talk to a couple of my friends about the kind of stuff. Like, hey, like if you're gonna if you want to be on your phone and stuff like that, like sit in the back. Yeah. Like don't don't do it up front. Like even if you you know you think this guy isn't so good, he's my friend. Like be nice. Yeah. Or respectful at least. Yeah, I get that. Let's let's shift some gears since since we're into what is July now. I've lost track of time because I don't work. Yeah, it's been crazy times. Have you gone? Have you been going to any marches? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to uh, I went to two when things first started. Um, I, I haven't been out since, to be totally honest with you, uh, because uh, I try to limit I try to limit uh, my, my time around. Uh, you know, bigger, bigger groups of people. I really don't want to catch the coronavirus. So, um, I mean, you know, who does? But like, yeah, um, I know some people aren't concerned about it. I am. Uh, like, even at, uh, you know, well, I'll probably be at the mic tonight, but I, I tend to not stay in the main area. So, uh, yeah, I've been out to a couple. I mean, I think it's a, uh, it's a wonderful time, man. You know, things, things are being addressed. Things are being spoken to that needed to be. Um, I mean, we've done this before, though. You know, hopefully it sticks this time. I mean, how many how many times have you seen civil unrest behind Black Lives Matter or any other movement? Uh, you know, Ferguson went up some years ago when um, MPD killed uh, Seville Smith back in 2016. Um, I was out in Sherman Park. 
you know, we, we've seen this, man. You know, we've seen uh, we're in Hart Park right now. Uh, we're, we're in Wauwatosa. Um, Jay Anderson uh, was killed out here just sleeping in his car. A cop, a cop ran up and, and, and killed a guy. He was, he woke him up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's uh, he's actually a, a, a very good friend of a lot of people that I know. Uh, so shout out to his family. That stuff keeps happening. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we, we mean it this time. I mean, it's, it's it's very interesting. You know, you have all these uh, all these amends, you know, being made. It's like uh, protesting for the sake of police reform. But we took Aunt Jemima off the syrup bottle. Protesting for police reform, but a white guy's not going to voice Cleveland on the Cleveland show anymore. Like, I didn't ask you for that. It's nice, but, like, you know, the, the main, like, you know, stop killing black people. Uh, but, you know, n- nobody nobody was uptight. The Cleveland show's been out for a long time. We didn't care about that. Uh, nobody watches the Cleveland show. Have you ever watched it? I don't Never. I didn't even, I barely watched, I didn't pay him any mind when he was on Family Guy. <laughs> um, him, him, what was it, uh, him, Joe, and a few other characters. I don't care about those guys. Um, just there for Stewie. Quagmire. And you, I didn't even know until that time that it was voiced by a uh, white guy. Oh, uh, yeah, I knew. Well, a lot of people didn't. You know, it's whatever, man. Um, but. Well, I mean, now it's the, the defund the police thing, I guess, is, is. Really, the main thing that that everyone is trying to 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 go towards. Yeah. But even that, like, that takes a takes a little bit of a toll because really, police brutality is what we're trying to do. You know. Right. That that's the main thing. I mean, uh, I'm not a police abolitionist. I don't think that we don't need law enforcement. That would be ridiculous. And you know, I, I have friends that are police abolitionists, and you know, they make they make very solid points, but. I don't. I don't think the you know, getting rid of the police per se is is you know, and that's what a lot of protesters are accused of wanting, and that's not really the case because um, that's that doesn't make sense. Um, it's just uh, you know uh, an approach to how we look at law enforcement. I mean, you look at countries, you know, so many countries. Uh, look at countries like Sweden, uh, places in the Netherlands. Um, decades have gone past, and the cops have maybe killed nine people. People get killed by cops all the time here, like. All the time, and it's it's more likely it disproportionately um, happens to black people uh, relative to you know their population. Um, there's not that many of us, to tell you the truth. Like in the grand scheme of America's population, like black folks are like major metropo- metropolitan areas and some rural places in the south. That's really it. The rest of the country is small towns full of white people. So yeah, the cops are killing them out there too, which. You know, some of uh, the the red hat gang. You're just kind of like, how are you against this movement? I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up in a rural rural town way up north, and and they they don't see. I mean, th- that's all they've ever been. You know, mm-hmm. they've only been in that rural town. They've never got away from it. They've never yeah. grown around it. So they so they only see with like horse blinders. Yeah. So when when something like Black Lives Matter, the movement comes around, their instant reaction is all lives matter. Yeah. Which is which is unreal. The ignorance is crazy to me. The the hashtag all lives matter didn't exist before the hashtag Black Lives Matter did. So the fact that it was spurned, you know, that it was spurred on by that shows it's in direct opposition almost. It's a reaction to that. 
So obviously the black part, because that's the only part that's different between the two, is the part that bothers you. Which is why All Lives Matter is BS. But it's just so crazy because uh, something I've said to a lot of people, because I've been all over the place, man. I've traveled a lot. I've seen a lot of the United States. Rednecks and hood rats are the same people. The exact same people. You talk about having blinders. We're talking about people who have never gotten out of their own community, who aren't used to anybody else that's not like them. You're talking about a very insular experience. They're a lot alike. Haven't been in the middle of nowhere and... You know, and and smack dab in, in in the thick of the cut, man. It's the same feeling. It's the same feeling. Yeah. Um. So that that's why I think it's so funny, man. How we have uh, you know, this opposite this opposite end of the spectrum, because that's what it really boils down to politically right now. Um. You know, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's campaign leaned on the country mouse believing the city mouse was getting over at their expense, and you're just looking like, how do you how do you guys identify with Trump? That guy's been rich his whole life. Like a, a Passed guy. Passed down. Passed yeah. down. Like he didn't earn it. Yeah, like not at all. Like a, a guy from Plymouth, Wisconsin actually has a lot more in common with me than him. <laughs> uh, believe it or not. Yeah. Like I've actually milked cows before. <laughs> but like <laughs> that's but there's no politician that we are are like. Not at all. You know? They're not even real people. No. They're all puppets. Yeah, no, not at all, man. But, you know, the the movement and everything going on, I mean, I think it's a great time in the country right now. Conversations are being had. You know, I joke about it, but uh, I, I love that people are, are uh, you know, taking the time to examine things. I, I love that people of, you know, different races, different religions, different, you know, different backgrounds are all coming together at these protests. I wish there wasn't a pandemic right now. I wish that they would wear masks. Mm-hmm. But um, it's fantastic, man. Our generation is doing a lot of things that generations before us failed to do. I mean, we we have a platform now that 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 they didn't have. They didn't have social media to get something going like that. And to connect people, for better or worse, yeah. Um, you know, to see different perspectives. So you, you you know you didn't have that. Yeah, but we we didn't have we didn't have the stories that that were readily available at our fingertips. Like how many, like how many days after uh, George Floyd did you see that video? It was probably a day. Yeah, a day. Because somebody had their phone out. Smartphones have, have been have been great for social justice. I mean, and even then that shows because let's say this was 1995 when there's no video phones um, and, and that George Floyd situation happens. They could have just said, no, nah, he was resisting arrest. We had to kill him. Uh, we had to pin him down. And people, you know, who are predisposed to believing that would have been like, oh, well, they had to kill him. He shouldn't have resisted. But now you, you, have, you have proof. I mean, the guy... What was it 846 8 minutes 46 seconds has a knee on his neck it's like the guys at 8 minutes 46 seconds the guy stopped moving at the 5 minute mark he stopped moving he's dead but you know you, you wouldn't have seen that um, and you know th- things erupting I mean uh, you know people talk about the social justice warriors and the millennials and uh, what's what's after millennials generation Y what are they called Z generation Z, Z. Um, are we Y I think we're Y we're Y okay I, I don't I, the label thing never really I, I don't I I don't quote me on yeah, that. And I, th- I know our parents are like X. I know that they're X and baby boomers. Yeah, I kind of get it. But um, us and the people coming right behind us, you know, they're doing great. I, I I do believe that the world is going to be a better place in a few generations. You know, two or three, I think. 
Um, or alternatively, to be totally honest with you, at some point, assuming the planet survives long enough, we're all going to be the same shade of beige. There won't be racism when everybody looks the doggone same. So, look, <laughs> whether you like it or not. I mean, it, granted, we all last this pandemic. Who knows how that turns out? But uh, I, I think you're right that we will have a different place for people that are growing up and that's that's really what we want yeah you know it's crazy well Todd, i just want to thank you for being on the podcast man oh, i appreciate it coming out here on this hot day you know yeah no you found a great tree where we're uh we're in the shade um several people walked past us looking like what is going on here one little kid decided he wanted to be on the podcast but his mama stopped him from coming over here he's behind <laughs> you um this is a while ago. But, uh, <laughs> nah, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. For all you Judd Nearby listeners, thanks for listening to another episode. If you want to be on the podcast, hit me up. Uh, we can always do it outside like we did today, or we could overdo it over Zoom. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. See ya. I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Hey, Christian Yelich, what's your favorite comedy podcast? Um, I mean, I listen generally to sports podcasts, but if I had to go strictly comedy, I'd go Judd Nearby's.